DIY, bruh. Invite the neighbors episode, who cares? Um, yeah, this is my first ever Discord episode. It's weird recording intros like two days after you actually did the episode to get that like you were just there and like you're recounting everything. But honestly, I don't remember everything we talked about, but it was really cool. Uh, Nick Brink from Salem, Oregon has been listening to the podcast for a while and I wanted to you know link up with him and do an episode. It just took me forever to figure out how to do it, but Discord is the way to go. Um, so if anybody you know wants to be on the podcast and can't make it to Michigan, just let me know. Make a Discord account. We'll make it happen. Uh, but Nick's in a band called Sagasm. He makes his own uh, DIY merch, which you know I may be a, a customer of his very soon. Um, but he kind of explains how merch is made. Cause I was curious. I honestly don't know how screen printing works. He kind of explained it to me. I probably still need to Google it or YouTube it or whatever. But he explained it, you know, but it's hard for me to picture it. But yeah, it, it, it was just a really surreal episode. Like, you know, talking with somebody on literally the other side of the country who's listened to every episode. He's listened to more episodes of this podcast than I have. It, it's just weird. I mean, in, in a cool way. You know, I appreciate everybody for listening. So just goes to show you, if you want to be on the podcast, all you got to do is hit me up because I rarely, if ever, say no. Enjoy. Sweet. Sweet. All right, dude. So Nick is your name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> from oregon what part of oregon uh i'm in salem actually the capital city oh nice yeah how far from like uh portland or what is that we're like Cause that's we're like 45 minutes south of portland okay because that's portland is i'm probably not the only person but i'm like the that's the only thing i know is yeah uh, is portland i mean and I only know it's, the jokes. It's the about biggest it. thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. What is like the? Uh, so in Salem, what's the music scene like out there? Uh, you know, well, Salem is kind of like Salem is pretty hard because um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of groups here. Um. So, I don't know. We go to Corvallis to play a lot, just because it feels like there's not like um. Like a built-in crowd in Salem. Like, oh, I gotcha. Think people that are coming out are coming out because you grinded to get everybody out and, like, force people out. Like, there's not, like, typically, like, a group of 20 people that switch in and out at every show, you know? Yeah. So, it was Corvallis. Is that where the university is? Yeah, that one has, um... I always get these two mixed up. I'm pretty sure... It's OSU, yeah. The Oh, okay. The Beavers. OSU's... Yep, the Beavers. And uh, th- their DIY scene is actually really great in Corvallis. Oh, really? Yeah, people come through there all the time, and we, we love playing there. That's pretty sweet. And uh, what's the name of your band, so people listening know? Uh, Sadgasm. Sadgasm. Yes. That's a cool name. <laughs> I like <Thanks>. that. <laughs> uh and so you do merch and, and things like that too, like. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. I do all of our t-shirts uh, specifically, and then I mean, I look at ways of getting other things done in the cheapest, most effective way possible too. So, when that kind of leads into the question I had, so like, was the decision to do your own merch based on like? a financial necessity that just drove you to learn how to do it? Or were you actually interested in like creating things like that? Um, um, 
I don't know. It's kind of both for me because um, I I am I love to know how to do like everything just a little bit. Yeah, because I just I think it's interesting, and then also I feel like I'm more helpful that way. <laughs> but um, no, that makes sense. But yeah, so I I actually uh, my girlfriend got me like a screen printing kit as like as a gift for I think getting a new job or something like that. And I tested it out, and I was able to do it. So when we started Sadgasm, I'm just like, we don't, we don't need to pay somebody an arm and a leg. I'll just do it in my apartment. Yeah. And so where do you get? Um, and I'll, I'll probably be all over the place, back and forth with questions. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, so you kind of know how I am. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> the weirdest fucking thing, by the way. Like I don't take that for granted. Like so, I really appreciate you listening. But yeah, of it's, course, it, I love it. It's just weird that like you i like exp- explaining my personal like tendencies to somebody who probably already knows them in this context yeah I've, I've heard all the episodes so yeah that's fucking crazy dude <laughs> that's so sweet like it must be like i don't know if you, if I, there's a podcast i listen to every episode if i was on that podcast i feel like it'd be weird like not it's in a bad uh, way but like just like it's a, a little cool strange thing. i'll say that it's a it's a little weird it's great i'm excited right now but it's just it is a little strange because like i just um i started listening to you because i listened to the e-word and i heard that episode. oh shit and then i caught nice. up to the e-word and then i'm like okay well i'm gonna start from episode one from uh, invite the neighbors and then i fully caught up there so dude this made my day holy shit that's awesome yeah that is so awesome i was i've been wondering like who the hell like listens to this that I don't know, you know, <laughs> cause you know, I've only been doing it since April of last year and I only did one episode in April. And so yeah. basically since May, um, and I, when I go to shows around here, it's not like all oh, Mr. Fucking celebrity, but it's like people, all, most, most of the bands at the very least know about it. And then there's yeah. a lot of, people who are you know avid listeners because within like this midwestern michigan scene like a lot of people listen to the episodes because it's their friends um Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of a unique problem that i have that like each episode will probably you know get it's you know say if like each episode gets like a hundred listens say it they aren't the same hundred listens so i'm like i've been wondering because like a band will come on and then a lot of their friends, their family, like their followers will listen, but I don't know if they'll necessarily listen to the other episodes with bands that they don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I've been kind of curious about is like, who's out there that's listening to all of them and like has this, has a genuine curiosity like about just the scene in general, the way I do. Yeah. It's, it's, I just find it really interesting because um, I mean, clearly because I'm also in a band and there's, there's just not a lot of other podcasts that do, what you do, I guess, because, um, I just feel like I can get a lot from listening to the experiences of other, of the other bands working on their stuff. Yeah. See, I, I really think that like, not to toot my own horn, but like, I really feel I, I was really excited to start this podcast. Cause mm-hmm. like, I, I recognized that, that there was, there's definitely music podcasts, but there aren't very many, there weren't any that I was aware of that were like, dealing with whatever band that came through i mean there's like there's podcasts dealing with like diy bands for sure but right. e- even then it's like like for the e-word for example they'll they'll touch on uh diy bands but th- the ones that have like already kind of broken through a little bit oh yeah um, for sure 
the ones like Stars Hollow, like, you know, you hear their names a lot and, you know, Dogleg, mm-hmm. um, you'll hear about them, which is weird because, like, I am I know those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I heard about them through your podcast and I'm actually going to see them in Portland when they come through now. Oh, dude, you have to tell them that it's, that I gave them, uh, I turned you on to them somehow, like, through the podcast because uh, I'm really trying to convince them to come back. <laughs> I mean, they will. I really, I really like them a lot, but I just think it, it would be funny for them to know that. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'll probably go to the merch booth, and I'm sure they'll be running it. So, I'll. Uh, yeah. I'll let them know. Just tell them I said hi. That's all you got to do. I made that way too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan says hi, and they're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Whoa, dude. The world's so small. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, no. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to go see them. It's gonna be great. Are you like a microwave fan? Um, I've listened to some microwave and I really like them. I haven't fully dove in though. Oh, okay. Isn't that, is that the tour that you're seeing them on is with microwave? No. So microwave, I don't think the microwave one is coming to Portland. The oh, one that I'm seeing is, right. um, glass beach. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to sorry. Yeah. The microwave question was completely irrelevant, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never heard of glass beach, but I know that dog leg is all over the fucking place and i microwave's one of my favorite like active bands Mm -hmm. in that scene so i was just like when i saw that they got that tour i was just like dude that's i'm so jealous that's so awesome for those guys yeah for sure because i microwave gets their name gets thrown around all the time so that's gonna be really cool for them oh yeah I mean, I already I was watching their Instagram story yesterday, Dog Legs, and like mm-hmm. they're in St. Louis, which you know, Foxing their label mates now happen to be from St. Louis, and I saw them like playing Super Smash Brothers with a guitarist from Foxing. I'm like, you fuckers! <laughs> that is so <laughs> that's awesome, so cool, God. Right, that's you know that's why we grind away. They've been grinding for away sure. for three, four years. Yeah, and they yeah. they're they're doing it. Yep, so they're they're an example I bring up a lot when I talk about bands that make it because like they're not to say that they've like made it to where they can all quit their jobs or whatever, but you know, they're kind of like a, one of the examples that you can look at to see like how they did things, like what right. about them uh created hype and that's you know, I like having bands on um that are that are making moves, but I also yeah. will like to have, you know, smaller bands on and have them keep having all the bands return as much as they want to, basically, or as much as mm-hmm. makes sense, so that like as a band gets bigger, like you can the podcast can kind of like chronicle that. Like if you wanted, if you like a particular band, you can go back and listen to their first episode to see where they were at, and then compare it to where they were at when they came on and did their second episode, and, and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. Well, I think in what's great about having bands both uh, that are in like a three or four year mark period and then bands that are in like maybe like a one year mark and haven't done much yet is that there's value in all of their like progress in their stories. Yeah. That's what I really like about it is because I get to hear what they're doing and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Or like, and just like things like that. It's just like, it's really cool to hear what other people are doing within the DIY. Yeah. It's just, it's cool to think that there's like, it goes the whole country. Like, I just learned about this, you know, in the last couple of years. Yeah. I've been playing music forever, but had no idea that there's this nationwide fucking community of people having shows in their basement and booking their own tours and, 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 you know, getting signed off of it. 
Yeah, it's so crazy. And actually, we played with the band, um, the uh, like the other weekend from Portland, and it was weird because I had like five mutual friends with this person, and one of them was you. Oh, really? Yeah, I what forget what the- I think his name was Matt or something, but the band's called The Hague. The Hague. I think his name was Matt. I can't remember Fuck. for sure, but. The Hague sounds so familiar. Like I feel like I was trying to help them book a show or something, yeah. or I was, I was trying to have them on the podcast, but it fell through for scheduling. I I could be completely wrong when it comes to them, but that I I definitely know that name. There's just Terrific. so many freaking, and I I never want to sound like a you know d bag, but like there's just so many bands that I talk to on of pretty regular basis that like if i don't know the people personally like in person like i it's hard for me to keep track of all of them sometimes yeah i feel so. that because we get messages on like instagram uh, etc all the time because people want to come through salem and they'll message us for shows and we we lose track sometimes because it's just it's a little overwhelming yeah See, this is something I was kind of makes me think of something that I was thinking about uh, yesterday, actually, like the pros and cons of being in a smaller scene, because like in in a scene like Michigan's or in any scene, really, like if you're a smaller band to say you got a record out, but like you're struggling to get some like really good shows, you could like look at what bands are on tour that are like bigger names and then try to open for them. But like, if you're in this scene, like that's really saturated with a lot of really good bands, it's going to be harder to get on those bigger shows. Whereas like if you're in a smaller scene and there's only, you know, there's not nearly as many bands like fighting for those spots, you know, you might be more likely to open up for say like a band that's signed to a major label or something when they're in town. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't get a lot of big, huge bands coming through Salem, but um, we do get um, semi-big bands, especially within the DIY. Like, just re- in uh, the end of December, we played with uh, I'm Glad It's You at our local venue. Oh, okay. And I've definitely they, heard that I mean, Yeah, there's, they're a semi-bigger act within the, like, DIY emo kind of stuff, but we don't get anybody super huge in Salem. Yeah. Yeah, but it just like just thinking even more generally though, you know what I mean? Like I want yeah. cuz you the, you know there's definitely like for instance Indianapolis is not nearly as big in terms of like the number of bands it's putting out like the indie area compared to like Detroit, Ann Arbor. And so like I got a couple bands I know like Summer Brews and Arcadia Grey, they're both from the indie area. And they they play on a lot of stuff. Like you see them. Not I'm not saying they're playing with like microwave when they're coming through, but like I just they play like so. Whenever there's like a big bill down in indie, you can almost count on like one of those bands being on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Which, yeah. If there's less bands, then it's a lot easier for you to like get onto shows where people would be interested in you. I guess. Yeah, if it's yeah. like fully saturated, then it's like you know they could pick one of ever any like fifty bands, and there's twenty five that are more popular than you. Then right, exactly. Yeah. And the timing just has to kind of line up. But also, like I was talking about this after a show, like you have to in a in a saturated scene like this, you gotta figure out what it is that makes you stand out, or just like 
not even just in a particular city scene, but just like trying to make it in music in general, you know, you got to find your audience, but then find that thing that makes your band unique and then sell the shit out of that. I feel like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of great bands that, uh, they just don't, they don't have like a particular thing. You're like these bands, this guy sounds really, really good, but like, you don't know what their thing is. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's almost like forgettable in a way. Like they don't have something that you remember. Yeah. That's, uh, I think my main complaint with, uh, the DIY, just like the emo side of things. Yeah. Um, is that there's a lot of good bands that are so impossibly hard for me to remember like which one's which if I don't know them personally because like the music while good it all they all remind me of each other and I don't know like what characteristics are supposed to like belong to one band and not the other you know there's like a lot of like twinkly like mathy type shit like that all kind of falls into a category for me and they're all really good at it or like a lot of them are really good at it but like you said it's just like what you know and some bands could still be like looking to find that you know maybe they'll find it through like you know putting a couple records out and then they find what it is that makes them tick i'm not saying like try to be something you're not but you know i think yeah, I, just, I, I totally feel that yeah, because it, it could take a little while for some people, but yeah, I totally feel that, especially within like the emo scene, because um, yeah, there there are so many bands that just they sound very similar, and it's not that they're not good because I listen to a lot of these bands, but I always find myself looking at my phone to like see who what band it is. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, like you start like a like Marietta Radio or something like that, and then five songs in, you're like, I've heard this song before, but I have no idea who it's by. Right, right. And like, there's almost like, it's a weird, this is, I've, I may have talked about this before, but it's like a bit of a catch 22 to where like, you, when you want to make it in music, you want to, you know, in order to do that, people have to like what you're doing. So like, there's, there's going to be a temptation when you're in a scene to see what's popular and be like, if I did that well, you know, people like that as opposed to the variable of me doing something different and not being sure how the people are going to respond, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, it's like, do I want to, like how much, how different do you want to be if it's not working? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, that was an issue that I ran into a lot when I was like trying to start bands, like long before Sadgasm is that I would like post on Facebook or something and be like, Hey, I've got some songs, uh, or let's, let's jam out. I want to start a band. And then people would comment and be like, okay, but I want to start a band that's like Tame Impala. And I'm like, it, it just seems weird to like go to into that. Yeah. jammings with someone with another band in mind. Yeah. That's, small time that's what i call small time <laughs> <laughs> for sure i'm just like ah, i don't think i uh want to jam now just yeah. like dude if you go into a jam with people that you like and nothing in mind except for like maybe a couple ideas on your guitar you're gonna come out with something a lot better than if you go in thinking you know i want to sound like the strokes like because you're just everything's gonna be forced and it's gonna uh, sound forced. yeah that should you remind me of like the the first band that i got into like 
we call we're called Great Neptune, and we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But like, I joined them. They already had like three people, and they were looking for a guitarist singer. So like, I joined in that role. But like, they had all these different bands that they laid out as like like lcd sound system did this and so like this is why we're gonna do this blah 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 i'm just like oh god like in one way it 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 was helpful because it forced me to write a different way like i had to because like when i write music for me it's it's very much like my music you know it has it has characteristics that are unique to me i feel like you know while still being a you know carbon copy of all my influences but with them it was like all right well i gotta they don't like what i write it's like too emo for them so like i they want me to write some different shit so like it forced me out of that like you know it forced me to think about the way i write a different way which is helping me now but Mm -hmm. yeah the main point being like it was there wasn't enough like i don't know there wasn't enough personality with it (sighs) yeah it seems so robotic like writing in that way yeah and i don't know like i don't know what your experience is so i'll ask you what is the composition of the band that you're in now uh so i am it's it's four it's a four piece um we have uh my friend johnny drums uh my friend austin on bass and then my friend andy on guitar and singing and then i play lead guitar okay and so like how what is your uh songwriting process like so um so basically what we do is andy will write like the bare bones of the song like chords um and then he'll write like the words or maybe just the melody and then he'll bring it into practice and then we'll he'll play it for us once or twice and tell us what kind of chords he's playing and then after that we'll play it all together and just kind of feel it out and try and think of some things and then we'll all give each other feedback and be like, Oh, I really liked it when you're doing that. Let's work on that. And then we kind of go from there until it finally evolves into this just final, like cohesive piece. Okay. Do you like, do you ever find that like you play a song live and it still is still taking shape or do you wait to bring out songs live that have like already been fully like cemented? They definitely take a little more shape live because I mean, it's hard because um everything changes a little bit in the moment when you're when you're playing. I like to get wild also Word. when I'm when I'm out playing, but I think especially with our we had a whole album of demos that we put out and it's like on Spotify and and stuff and um we recorded that like 2 months after we became a band. Oh wow. Okay. And they're all pretty lo-fi and they kind of have the basic idea of this of the tracks but if you see us play those songs live it's so much different we're actually re-recording all those songs now because of that yeah that's actually not a bad uh bad route to take you know yeah, just like I, throw i mean that's kind of how like you i mean you release the demos not you don't always do that but like mm-hmm. i've kind of the songs that are gonna end up being on the record I'm making right now, like I, they've gone through a, like a couple different versions and even though they've only been phone demos and like phone recordings, like I still have, you know, a document of what those songs were. And then I play them live and I kind of feel differently about them over time. And I kind of like the idea of doing that when you're writing a record, because a lot of bands will sometimes I think just have the song go into the studio, track it out exactly how it is in like a week or a few days. It's all done. Whereas like, I've been doing it. I've been going like a couple days every couple months 
and like letting it breathe and like letting the song grow. And then I think it's turned out to be a a much better record than if I had just booked a week of time in the beginning. So I I think it's a good, it's not a bad uh, thing to do to re-record it. I think you'll really enjoy what you hear on the other side of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. We, we just been told so many times you're like, dude, I like this song a lot. It doesn't sound the same on Spotify. And I'm like, I know, I know. We'll work on it, <clears throat> but it's, think, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it, it's just nice to let, I mean, we weren't intending to like release something that wasn't how we ended up playing it, but it was really nice to, it's nice to see where we've come from and like how we've evolved since then playing those songs. Yeah, for sure. I think like, well, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I think like in the future, you might think like how well okay hold on i'm like having a brain overload let me ask you a question (laughs) that i like i was thinking of the question and then i realized another question i have to ask first so are you guys like what is the financial situation as far as like are you guys wanting to go into like a major studio or like have like high quality hi-fi stuff or are you are you more of like a do-it-yourself for a little bit of lo-fi sort of well um so actually we haven't we haven't talked about this much publicly yet we we have the album that we put out that was just demos basically and then we also have a self-recorded ep which was recorded much nicer but still it's an at-home recording um and all the re-recordings that we did were at home recordings as well but we're actually talking we're talking to a studio right now about trying to get studio time for our next album so we'll actually be like fully um like professional level sound gotcha yeah it'll be, it'll be the first time for any of us in like an actual studio oh wow that's exciting yeah I, i'm it's a little nerve-wracking because you know when you're at home even if it doesn't sound as good as in the studio you kind of feel like you're in control of everything and you just do it yeah i don't know it's weird because i've been playing music uh, i've been playing music with just andy who's in my band for 10 years now and off and on and we've never been in a studio together we always just like do weird at home recordings yeah yeah i mean that was my experience uh growing up playing music was i always like i have a pirated version of ableton on my computer and i just did self-recordings and oh yeah that's I did the same thing. We I was in a band with Andy a long time ago, and I had like we had twelve people in the band, and we had this wow. pirated version of Ableton. And like I worked like a couple blocks from his house, so on my lunch break from work, I would run over to his house and I would like record the cello part or something to this on the cracked version of Ableton. <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> God, that was fun. I'm I'm shocked that I have Ableton Live Nine, the suite, which mm-hmm. uh, from, just from the Pirate Bay, and I've had it for like probably four or five years, and just no issues whatsoever. It's just clean as a whistle. I I can't That's believe so it. Nice. I used yeah. to use a pirated version of FL Studio to like make like techno beats or and stuff, and it was Hell awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I loved FL Studio. I've never worked with anything other than Ableton and like I've watched people use Logic and Pro Tools um you know and they seem to be fairly easy but I really love the layout of Ableton mm-hmm. over 
everything. I mean, probably because I'm just the most familiar with it, but it's just so like simple. Um, yeah. But the we reason always, I was, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say we we use a lot of Ab- or uh, not Ableton, but Audacity, which is like <laughs> the the ground floor. So a lot of podcasters use that. that. Yeah, it's nice. It's free. But like anything besides Audacity, and we're just like, what is this crazy world we're in? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, at this point in my life, like I've decided to just let go of the reins and leave it up to the professionals. But if if I was doing it all myself, Ableton has so many tools, you know, and I have like mm-hmm. Isotope, like mastering software, and like EQing software, and like vocal software and like amp modeling stuff like all all these plugins so like if i knew what i was doing for real i could i'd have it all right here but the reason i was asking about the studios like in in general in the first place was because i think like there's something to be said like even if you can do it yourself and not not to sound like a sellout but like attaching to a name is never a bad idea i don't think like as far as like finding a producer with a name and oh yeah no i totally understand that i mean people i think typically especially with smaller studios uh they're probably not going to record you if they hate what you sound like right like, cause they ha- they do a certain thing. Like, I I mean, different producers, I mean, audio engineers do a certain kind of sound, and they're used to a certain kind of sound. So they're not going to record you if you're outside of that. So it's always nice, like, cause um, well, the the person we've been talking to is in a in a band we played with, and they really liked us, and they're like, hey, hit us up if you want to record, and like, that's really nice, and we'll know that people that follow what they do will know right. that they did our stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, that that makes sense. Like, you've uh, heard all the episodes, so you know that like I'm recording with uh, with Nick Diener. Yeah, let's take a shot. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> the, invite the neighbors <laughs> drinking game. Take a shot. Nick yeah, Diener right. That's so it's so weird. Like, you can tell me you've heard all of them, and I still I still feel like I have to explain my life because I've never met you. You know, <laughs> it's really strange. It's yeah, it's really strange. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 dude. It's totally good. But it's just, I was not to, I wasn't going to retell the entire story about that. But no, I'm just totally, saying, like, totally. It's it's cool because like people who follow the stuff that he records are within you know some of like his target demographic is some of mine. I guess like the, some of the yeah, people sure. I think would like my band would would recognize his name, and I'm really wanting to. Uh, I'm looking into different places I could get it the record mastered potentially and yeah again that is just like looking at what are my favorite sounding records that sound the most like my band and like and then trying to like track it like figure like track it back to the source like all right well who made this record where was it mixed and there's there's like one thing i've learned in uh about the music industry is that like it's pretty accessible if you have the money to do it like if if you want to like you can get a producer if you can afford them you know what i mean like i've heard Mm -hmm. tons of stories about people working with big name producers but even though they're not big name at all just because they just you know fronted the money to do it right i mean it's that's the hardest part about everything i mean if um if we i mean if we both individually had a two million dollars we could put out a record 
three days right and we would get we could get tens of thousands of listeners on it just purely because we have the money to get the to connect to the certain places yep but that's where it comes to being in in the diy is we're doing it all ourselves we don't have any money backing us and we really it's part of it's a community yeah of people raising people up yeah when at its best that's what it is and yeah, yeah and like not yeah it didn't make want that last part to sound like i had all the money in the world like oh now that no, i realize totally. all, all it takes is money i'm just gonna go do this <laughs> but it's like well i mean we're in the same something boat to right save now. for yeah 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 it just made me realize like okay if i save my money like and if i'm smart about this i can have like ace enders early november like master my record if i want to you know right i just have to figure out what it costs and like he literally advertises on instagram like hey you know you don't have to be a big band to do it it's just weird it's and really surreal it's like you know being in a position to reach out to like one of your heroes and be like hey right. work on my record and here's the money <laughs> to do it and then it just happens it's like it it just keeps feeling like something is going to prevent it in my head <laughs> like it doesn't want to yeah. let me believe that all this crazy awesome shit is possible yeah i mean that's the scariest part about doing all this stuff but i mean i feel like i mean we're all just jumping in feet first blind to everything new that we try out and yeah. hope that it's for the best and um and it usually is fine but you know you just it's just trial and error so like that's what we're doing with recording right now is like we're finally in a position where if we we play a local show we make a decent amount of money and instead of spending that money on you know whatever it just goes into the bank account and then that'll be used for recording later so you guys Hopefully have like a right. a band account to keep track of like band money or is it just like a, a shoebox? <laughs> um so I actually I had I opened up a second checking account on my own bank account and it has its own debit card and everything and it's oh, just okay. that's where the band money goes but it was a free checking account. I mostly did it because when we went on tour most of our band money was in cash and I didn't want to be carrying around like 1 grand in cash. Right. Yeah, so. it, and I don't ask to like get personal about like financials, but like I just think that it's interesting to th- consider that like once you start looking at your band as like a business, there's you know oftentimes three, four, or five other people that yeah. you know you you maybe otherwise don't have your lives together. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I know that's true for me. You know, and and my band. It's not that we don't have our shit together as like good decent individuals but like as far as like financial stability and things like that it's just interesting to think about like all right how are we gonna split this burden financially like how are we gonna (laughs) you know organize this um in a way that represents what we're trying to do as a as a professional business you know what i mean right yeah and like you said it is kind of like just trial by fire and every band is going to be different you know and in my case it's just like I'm putting most, if not all the money into it. Mm-hmm. And that's the trade off for it being like my sort of passion project, I guess. Yeah. But well, I mean, yeah, for sure. It, the, the financials are always really weird about a band, but what we did, which worked for us, but it was probably a little slower is we, um, we split 
the financial cost of our, like our first round of um of merch of just like the t-shirts which is really cheap if you buy just blank t-shirts and then uh, after that we've really not bought anything for the band with um unless it's with money we made as a band gotcha that's so the yeah way to do it a long grind but it, it's worked out for us so so this re- reminds me of um sorry my roommate's walking in and he's fucking laughing hysterically at me <laughs> <laughs> but uh because i do look really funny right now i'm just sitting talking into a, into a microphone no one can you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, yeah i'm like staring at my audacity screen and the the sound waves are just rolling by and i'm just looking into it yeah that's exactly what i'm doing too with ableton wow that's kind of like we're looking at the same moon no but like i was (laughs) what i was gonna ask earlier when i went off on my first tangent was like the about t-shirts so you have like a screen print thing or something like that right and uh where do you get the t-shirts like where like what's a good t-shirt like supplier um so shit um i forget where i got my last round of t-shirts it's really oh wardens i did the last time i ordered plank t-shirts was from wardens.com w-o-r-d-a-n-s.com and i think it was like the gildan like short sleeve shirts were like three 75 or something each was that with a certain volume yeah so you have to order a certain amount but we didn't have to order too many it was probably i mean it was probably a couple hundred dollars worth but okay it's but you know we sell them for 12 dollars each and i have i've had the same screens for forever so i'm we're just the rest of it just goes into the band fund word so like the same same screens meaning because like i don't know all the terminology would that be like the design that you put on the t-shirts yeah so okay so here's how it works just like because i forget that like it's it's kind of a weird process i had no idea what happened with it until i started doing it so what you do is you have a silk screen that has a wooden frame and the silk is stretched really tight over it you put a mixture on top of that screen um uh, called photo emulsion and it's light sensitive so it will harden if light touches it so you have to do it in a dark room and then wait for it to dry and then what you do is you put like a um like a transparency paper with your design on it over the screen and expose it to uv light hmm. and then you rinse out the screen and everything that was underneath the black on the transparency paper will still be soft and it will spray right out and then you have your design in the screen and then you put that screen on top of a t-shirt and you put ink on it and then just run the ink over it and wherever the, your design was the ink will go straight through and onto the shirt oh yes and the screens last for probably like 500 shirts or so because they're pr- pretty sturdy and how do you how do you take the design like where where does the design originate like do you make a design on the computer or like hand draw it what like what kinds of like how do you get the design and turn that into the screen uh so it it depends on what i guess we're doing so we have one shirt that just says sadgasm on it and that one is just like a font we found online that we really liked it was really droopy and cool and we just like blew it up and then brought it to office max and they gave us a transparency and then we have one screen that has uh the cover to 
the demo record ramen and we had that drawn by a friend of ours and then we have another one that's the cover to our ep that was drawn by another friend of ours we have, we have a lot of graphic designer friends so yeah that's cool <laughs> so like they they drew uh like they hand drew the screen or they they hand drew like the design um and then we Basically, we just printed it out on transparency paper okay. and then burnt it into the screen ourselves. Okay, so you draw, I'm like going step by step, you draw the design and then you like scan it and then print it out on... Uh, yeah. I gotcha. So yeah, yeah. the ramen guy was drawn by hand. Um, it was a sketch and then they uh, uploaded it to the computer and then edited it from there and sent it to us. And then okay. the other one I think was all digital to begin with. Gotcha. And I'm asking all these questions because like, I like to know how things work. And I, as far as like the aesthetics of my own band, I'm going to design most of the stuff, like as far Mm -hmm. as the merch, at least my initial round of merch. So I'm like asking because I really am like taking notes like, okay, I'm going to, I'm the the same exact way. I I need to know how everything works and I want, I want to know at each step of it. Yeah, because like I I want to have some stuff made like pretty soon, and I'm pretty solid set on like what I want it to look like, and I just needed to figure out like what a band would need to send to someone like you who does their own shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so like okay, I am a band, and I'm considering using your services. Like, what would you need from me? So, so for me personally, I only do single color designs or designs where I can reuse the same screen. But so what I would need is like just a black and white design from you and that's it. And then I could do everything else. Gotcha. And so if you have a fully fleshed out design, then that's all I would need. Cool. And so like, do you have multiple color options and stuff too, or I mean, not so, like using I mean, multiple, but like if I wanted the whole design to be red, just, but just one color. Oh yeah, that's it's super easy. I mean, ink is not that expensive actually for the screens. So yeah, you could do all red, all white, all black. Um, you could do any color T-shirt you want. The the Gildan T-shirts are so cheap, and they come in every single color. So, and then you could always like get more expensive or less expensive shirts. I mean. Really, anywhere that does shirts, will you have the option of like the whole rainbow for everything, right? And so this is asking now as to maybe like promote what you do a little bit. So do you? I'm not sure like how much work you do for other bands, but like, is this something where you will take the design from the band and then you'll order the shirts yourself or do you want bands to order shirts have them sent to you like how much of it do you actually handle uh so so actually as of right now i haven't i haven't been doing shirts for other people yet i want it's something that i'm trying to move oh, okay more into it's i'm trying to move into it so that i can work more with uh the scene itself rather than doing like 40 hours at a day job and then dude i hear you doing that at night so it's 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 something that's a skill that can be contributed to to the scene so i'm trying to move into that a little bit but that being said it's really like since it's so face to face and it's not like i'm part of some corporation online it's really what anybody's comfortable in i did i was in talks with a band to do shirts and they 
they preferred to buy all the shirts themselves and just have them shipped to me. Um, okay. But, but that being said, if I have the money for it and I, I can float it until it's time to like exchange that again, I can just buy shirts too. Hmm. Yeah. So like I figured once we're done with the podcast, I'll probably talk to you for a, a few, if that's cool with you, like not yeah. recording to just like let you know some details and like finances like what i'm actually looking at but uh for sure yeah i definitely want to like order something soon and if i can do it through somebody who is diy it would just make the most sense i think yeah that sounds great um yeah and so and yet if you know if you're ever uh you know if you ever get it going to where like you know you're making decent money doing it and you want to like promote it as an actual like business you're welcome to hit me up and do this again but awesome you know maybe uh you know i have a couple ideas too that we'll talk about off the air but you know if for now this is like you know i'd like to be able to say like if a band wants to want somebody to do their shirts then they could come to you yeah that would be great and so like where would be uh where would the best place to, to hit you up be? For that, I'd probably just my personal Instagram and get messages through there. Um, my handle on Instagram is, is it's emo Elton John with underscores yes. in between the words. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have so many different names for things that like I, it took me a sec to realize that, that it was the same person. So like <laughs> on Facebook, it was the gravy and uh, that's where we were talking about like planning out the podcast and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned something about a listener group and then emo Elton John said it was a good idea on Instagram. And then I was like, (laughs) Oh, that's a hilarious name. And then I looked and realized it was the same person. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why there's so many different names. It's just over the years I've collected them. Emo Elton John is good. I like that. Yeah. I have, I have a pair of prescription glasses that are heart shaped. (laughs) So, Nice. Old people say that I look like Elton John all the time. That's where that comes from. Oh, yeah, that's that's really clever. They probably all think that they're being super original, too. Oh, yeah, every time. I don't know if you've heard this before, but you got an Elton John thing going on. Right. <laughs> oh, really? Who's that? <laughs> oh, is wow. He, is he one of the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, Boomer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, I want to something popped into my head you know how this is just how the podcast goes oh yeah um so you mentioned that like you you enjoy listening to this because you know of the insights you get from other bands and their experiences like what i'm just curious like what are some of the things that maybe stick out to you as far as like wisdom that you've gleaned or you know things that you've taken away from something another band down here said um, you know, just a lot about, um, recording and things like that, about how people are doing it. Um, what, what else? Uh, uh, I don't know. People always talk about their writing process, which is always different and interesting. People talk about how they're booking shows and things like that. And all of that is so different person to person Yeah, and how their band layout works and how exactly that is because you know sometimes there's a person that does all the writing and they have a backing band or whatnot and so it's all like the dynamics for everybody are so different and the way that things work for them are different 
and um but it's all it all works well for people right. so i guess just little bits here and there i don't know if anything's like super specific i do like i did um one thing that i got just the other day i actually i ran out of podcasts to listen to and so i was actually re-listening to a couple of the the older ones just because i, I was at work and i just i needed to do something and i was listening to the first one that had ship and sail on it oh yeah and he he gave a shout out to somebody who um does band bios on twitter oh yeah and the first time i listened to that i, I didn't catch it i must have been out of the room or something but um I caught it this time and I've been texting back and forth with her and we're going to, we're going to get one from her. That's one thing I got for sure that we've been working on right now. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. She should be paying me for advertising dollars. <laughs> this, this, uh, podcast brought to you by bridge. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so cool. Like, no, I mean, in all seriousness, like I'm so happy that like some little idea I had is like starting to make, things like that happen or like you know giving people the opportunity to make those things happen like making people aware of each other mm -hmm. it's yeah it's great i mean and i love the bands that come on here too like i said i'm going to see i'm going to see dogleg next week and i had i was not aware of them even in the slightest before i started listening to the podcast fuck yes this is so cool i feel so good about that <laughs> yeah i, I just because i really wanted i mean i you know i started this as a as just as a tool for my own band to like meet people but like it's turned mm -hmm. into something that's like you know i'm proud of of what it is you know like I, I feel like i'm actually doing a good thing which i didn't really it wasn't the driving force behind why I started it, even though I thought like, oh, it could potentially be a really good thing. But now that I see what it looks like for it to actually be that, it just it just feels really nice. And I appreciate yeah. all the listeners. Well, I mean, it looks like it's pretty symbiotic with all your guests because, I mean, you're getting to meet some cool bands and like also like, I, I mean, at least one person is listening to their music that wouldn't have been aware of them before. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it is. I think, like, that was the model, too. Like, I didn't want it to be... I wasn't going to make, like, the In a Daydream podcast, you know, where <laughs> I just talked about all the things my no-name band was doing. You know, I wanted, to, <laughs> I, I wanted it to be about, like, other people and about, you know, painting a picture of the whole community and, like, all the different people and not just the bands, you know, like, all the photographers, everybody. I just think that that's way more interesting. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's not a lot there's nowhere to go to get that kind of insight on what's happening in DIY. Uh, yeah. I've just, I've been trying to think of ways to grow this even more and like to get more people's attention. Cause I think like, you know, you're, you're an example of somebody who doesn't need to know who all the bands are in order to enjoy it and, and, and learn from it and just be entertained by it. But I've been kind of brainstorming. I'll think of something. I'll think of something. I'm just lazy, dude. Like, <laughs> I just, like, don't want to do any more work than I already have to, but I just force myself from time to time. I, I understand that for sure. I get, there are times where I get so overwhelmed and I'm just like, oh, I can't do any of this right now. Yeah. I got to get out of here. And I'm sure it's pretty overwhelming getting emails all the time or, or whatnot, or Facebook messages. Yeah. I mean, it's not it, usually what it is. It's like it, it's based on how much like I'll go in spurts. Like I'll go through a spurt of like messaging out of the blue a ton of bands that I want to have on, and then 
have, having to deal with the aftermath of like if even half of them respond it's like oh fuck i got a lot lot to schedule now what did i do yeah yeah exactly but it ends up working out now you know my next couple months are booked and i'm good to just chill and do the episodes as they come but yeah it's just those the the little bursts of productivity are always they always feel like a nightmare yeah i'm uh i'm in the middle of my productivity burst right now i'm feeling great but i know i've only got like three or four more days left of this so i gotta get it done now right (laughs) so like do you guys have any plans um your band like like touring i see you said before we started recording that you've never really been to like middle america but i wasn't sure like what your touring plans or aspirations were we we want to tour so bad um we we've we've done one tour we did 10 days uh down in california and that was super fun um but we really have to do like a lot of extra planning because there's more work restraints now and before we go on tour we can we were tr- we want to record the new album and we're trying to try and find like maybe a DIY label somewhere that wants to maybe help us release it. Yeah. We could, I mean, we, we've worked with a a label before from California and, um, they were good. And I, I I love those guys, but, um, uh, but our contract ended with them. So we're, we're looking for somebody else for the next one. Maybe somebody who can work with vinyl or something like that. Gotcha. I don't know. It's hard. There's not a ton of labels like DIY labels in Oregon specifically. And then it's like hard to jump on a different DIY label because it, because of the fact that it is DIY, it's a lot of like friends and friends of friends on that label. Yeah. So it's weird having some stranger emailing you and be like, Hey, can we release an album from with you guys? And they're just like, "Uh, who's this weirdo? Yeah. You got to just like cross your finger and hope that they like your music at that point. Yeah, for sure. Because there's, you know, I, I have friends that are based in the Ann Arbor area, but they're signed to like a Seattle record label, you know, granted, oh, it's wow. not a, granted, it's not a DIY record label, but like mm-hmm. with, with the magic of the internet, you know, it's all possible. But like you said, it's, it's just going to be more difficult in the DIY because it is more of a friends and like a first name basis type thing. Right. And and not to say that that's a bad thing at all, because that's what it's all about is like your own community and helping bring up your own community. It just, it it can be hard when, you know, where you're from, it doesn't have that community. So you either have to choose to move somewhere that has that community or start from the ground up or it's, yeah, it's a little frustrating. Right. But, But I totally get it too. And we do have a little bit of the DIY in, um, in Corvallis and we actually got most of our, um, our California tour booked through a connection we made from playing in Corvallis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. Cause like people are so cool. Like we, I just on the off chance emailed somebody that Andy had played with in a different bands while they were on tour asking if they would want to do a show with us. And they're like, wait, what dates are you looking for? And then they just booked like three or four of our days for us. Oh, wow. Yeah. That it's works great. out. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> yeah, I just I've been recently trying to like think ahead and like, you know, I'm the type of person that like I, I I'm not a very good organizer, so I was thinking like if I could find somebody that would be willing to like help me book these tours even though they're not in the band or like kind of like tour manage a little bit. Mhm. 
that would be amazing. And then lo and behold, doesn't you know, someone hit doesn't me up. Uh, Ellie from Lead DIY do tour managing? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I think I have her on Twitter, and she. I'm pretty sure she does. I'll have to. I'm look wearing her it. shirt right now, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and then there's this uh this girl Katie uh musical or well, musical. She her name is musical on Instagram, I think. But like posted something on instagram or instagram story like hey if any bands want she's like i want to book tours and run merch or whatever for bands so i think we might be um employing her services yeah that's so i mean everyone can have a job within the diy landscape and it's so cool like because i mean that's so awesome like having someone cool that loves the music and the diy scene like having them just drive the van for you and run your merch and hang <laughs> yeah. out that's so cool that's so sick and when i say like employ the services i'm saying it tongue-in-cheek because what it really is it's like you're just hanging out you're going on tour or whatever you're going on weekenders and you're just making sure at the end of the day everyone's being fairly compensated but it's really not like a boss employer uh, employee mm-hmm. relationship it's just like we're all just friends kind of who want to be in this arena you know what i mean yeah oh yeah for sure and I, it's great to have somebody helping you out and hanging out with you you know especially yeah. when you're playing shows out of state you don't know where you're going you you've never been to the bar before that you're playing at you're busy because you're playing a set and people are trying to buy merch while you're playing right it can get a little wild yeah, and it's just like if I I would much rather spend the little bit of money that it would cost and not have to worry about like th- as much th- outside of the actual music because it's there's a plenty there to drive you insane with just yeah. making the music and doing the like creating the aesthetics and you know all the logistics of like recording and writing an album and stuff it, having somebody to help you do the less fun things would be just invaluable. So I'm, ex- oh, yeah. I'm excited to see what that's like. I've, you know, we've never gone on tour or anything, but we got our first weekender coming up in March and we want to do a bunch more after that. So we shall awesome. see. Where, where are you going in March? Uh, we're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're staying in Michigan, but we're going to Grand Rapids and then Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Just the, it's the West side of the state. So we haven't, I mean, I've been out there, but not playing bit. music. Yeah, yeah. Just wiggle around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing with some good bands, too. So, I'm excited. Good, yeah. That's always great when you get to play with some bands that you, like, enjoy listening to. Not that I play with a lot of, like, bad bands or anything, but sometimes I play with a band and I listen to their music before we go out there. I'm like, oh, that, this rocks. And then I continue to listen to them for, like, months and months and months. Yeah. Like, it, there's been some surreal things. Like, we played with... uh origami angel and uh equipment oh that dude, was i've been having, fucking rad somewhere city has been on repeat yeah on my phone yeah they're, they're so fucking good and like we're just the 50th episode of the podcast when that comes out like that has an, an interview with origami angel the their singer like we were just chilling at the summit shack and uh i was just sitting on the couch with my podcast stuff set up and like i was asking people that were nearby like hey if you're in one of the bands because i don't even really know what you guys look like if you're in one of the bands just come have a seat and we can talk and then eventually uh it was the origami angel singer and i was like yeah you know that's so sick i really dig your music <laughs> <laughs> i love the um the live 
show podcasts that are out. So oh I'm yeah, excited to listen to that one. They're always fun because everybody's just jumping in and out and joking around. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, this this that one format. This one that'll be out from from that uh, from that show is one of the better ones. I feel like from that of that format, it was you know a lot of good interviews mixed in because sometimes I've done them where there's just like not a lot of good content. It's just a lot of bullshit. Yeah, but I feel like I actually had some decent conversations in this one too. Um, well, that'd be good. You're at, I want to say 48 right now. Is that right? Uh, I think 46. Okay. But I, I have like 46 or 48. Counting this one with you, I have like three or four that I have to release. So I could potentially have the 50th out very soon. It's just how, how much space do I want to put in between the episodes? I don't really, I started off doing them every Monday and then I just kind of said, fuck it. I'm just going to do them when I feel like it, when I have it ready because <laughs> too much pressure like yeah well that's why whenever i'm working because it's like i i'm a barista so and i work two kitchen shifts a week and when i'm working in the kitchen i can listen to whatever i want nice. and so whenever i'm working a kitchen shift the first thing i do when i go in there is i go to your your um spotify page to see if you've uploaded a new one. Oh, that's freaking every crazy. now and then i'll catch it i caught it the other week like the day that you upload it but before you posted it on social media oh andrew doria probably yeah, and I was like, "Oh, sick!" Yeah, and then I uh, listened to that. But um, that's so cool. God, yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Like, yeah, all the listeners, tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's like I want to have enough time to like uh, talk to you off air. So I'm gonna wrap up the podcast section. But before I stop recording, is there like any particular thing you want to plug, or just like want to? you know plug sure, your band well, one more time yeah i'll plug i'll just plug my band uh uh sadgasm you can find us on facebook sadgasm facebook.com slash sadgasm bam instagram is sadgasm the band and twitter is sadgasm emo and then if you want to talk about doing shirts maybe or you just want to chat uh whatever you can go to my instagram what's emo underscore elton underscore john sweet all right dude yeah. appreciate it all right, I'm going to stop. Yeah, thanks it. for having me on, man. Absolutely. Okay, just a sec. Oh, shit. I could stop recording now, too, probably.
Yeah.